hear tell them not just so you can hear it so you can obey it clap your hands and give the Lord praise bless, your, bless the name of the Lord for Elder Yule Crawford amen amen Give the Lord praise. Come on, let's give Jesus praise. Come on, let's give Jesus praise. You can do better than that. We praise you, Lord Jesus. We praise you, Lord Jesus. We give all the honor. We give all the glory to you, Lord Jesus. You are worthy of praise, Lord Jesus. And Father God, we ask you, Lord, we thank you, Lord, that you will speak to our hearts. You are the living bread, Lord Jesus. And we thank you that you will be, that you will release your preceding word to us today, Lord. I thank you, Lord, for the impartation of the mind of Christ. And I thank you, Lord, for the glorious future that awaits us as a corporate body. Father, we pray for Pastor Tiffany this morning. Lord, we thank you, Lord, for strengthening her body. We thank you, Lord, that this has been a time, although she has experienced, Lord, a brief temporary moment of sickness, Lord. This has also been a time, Lord, that you are speaking to her, that you're bringing clarity to her, that you are comforting her, Lord. Lord, that you are expanding her heart for the glorious days that are yet ahead of her, Lord. Lord, we thank you that your hand is upon her, Lord. And we thank you, Lord, that your hand is upon our bishop and first lady. Lord, speak to us today. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Come on, give Jesus praise. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. You may be seated. Today, um, I have a word for you. And if I gave this... Um, message a title it would be the Daniel company arising the Daniel company arising I remember years ago when Bishop Johnson preached a series when Bishop Johnson preached a series of messages from the book of Daniel and I remember in that series of messages there was a common theme in that message and it he mentioned heaven rules and so throughout the book of Daniel we see that phrase, heaven rules. And we have come to understand that maybe the biggest theme inside of the book of Daniel is the kingdom of God. And so we're gonna, we're gonna talk from the book of uh, Daniel today. And one of the interesting things about uh, the kingdom of God, I used to think that the kingdom of God was something that was far and beyond us. I, I used to think that the kingdom of God was going to heaven. But it's interesting that we do not pray your church come, we pray your kingdom come. We do not say the kingdom of the church will be preached in all the nations for a witness. We say, but the gospel of the kingdom will be preached into all the world and then the end will come. The church is the messenger and the kingdom is the message. In fact, the scripture says in Luke 12, 23, fear not, little flock, for it is your father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Daniel, the seventh chapter, the 13th verse says, 
unto the saints the time came that the saints possessed the kingdom. Hebrews says that we receive a kingdom that cannot be shaken. While Bishop Oriel was here, this, this thing just kept running over and over and over in my heart. He, made, he mentioned that our connection groups needed to penetrate, man, that word. He used the word with great emphasis, penetrate three areas. And the three areas that he mentioned that connection groups should penetrate evangelistically, he mentioned, first of all, schools, colleges, and universities. And then he mentioned the work sites, the marketplace. And then he mentioned neighborhoods. Say neighborhoods. Today, I, I want to place the emphasis of this message on the mark, marketplace. A city cannot exist without a marketplace. In the same way, a body cannot exist without a heart. The marketplace is the compilation of business, education, government, entertainment, that whole realm. The marketplace encompasses that which is beyond the four walls of this church. If you want to change a community, you have to change the marketplace. I want you to tell the person next to you, to change, to change a community, you have to change the marketplace. And, and yet in order to change the marketplace, it will take believers in the marketplace. Come on, saints. I want you to say, repeat after me. To change the marketplace, it will take believers in the marketplace. To change the marketplace, it will take you and me to change the marketplace. I never forget I heard this, this uh, phrase, the church has left the building. And every Sunday when Bishop Johnson releases, uh, gives the benediction, he literally, what, what happens when a benediction is given, we're also given a mission beyond the four walls of the church to bring the kingdom of God beyond the walls of this church. Now, what really gets you is that only 5% of men and women in the body of Christ are called to, to full-time ministry. Only 5% are called to minister full-time within the walls and beyond the walls of the church. So that leaves how many? 95%. 95% of us are called to minister in the marketplace every day. 95%. So I'm going to ask you a question. How many of you are full-time? Let me see by the show of hands. And, and full-time in ministry. Full-time. How many of you are full-time? Okay. Now, it's just to prove a point. It's less, it's less than 5% of us with our hands raised. So how many of us are outside of the church in the marketplace? Come on. Come on. How many of you are part of that 95? Raise your hand. Come on. Right? So that means that 
there is a role for everyone in the kingdom of God. Okay. I was talking to a, um, it was interesting last night. I was talking to a person in the marketplace and this person is a, um, a major recruiter for um, uh, IT companies. And so as we were talking, this person mentioned, he said, he said, you need to understand that Atlanta is the top, is within the top three cities for IT companies, IT networking. The top, it, within the top three, I think the top one is in California and the other one is Austin, Texas, and then comes Atlanta. And in fact, what's happening right now What's happening with many of the companies involved in uh, IT or IT networking, what's happening now, many of them are literally building, locate, relocating their offices or their headquarters around primary learning institutions so that they can get the new talent coming out of college. In fact, NCR is one of the companies. NCR was located in, in Norcross. The headquarters is in Gwinnett County. Where is the headquarters now? It's downtown Atlanta. And, and the primary reason they relocated was because they wanted to be near Georgia Tech. Okay. <laughs> Among the top 10 cities in the nation regarding medicine and, and health institutions, Atlanta is within the top 10 cities in the nation. Another interesting fact was within the top 25 cities in the nation regarding colleges, universities, um, learning institution, post high school learning institutions, Atlanta is in that top 25. And so we see that in our city or the metroplex that we're living in is in a flux of change. And I believe God has given us the, prime, the great setup for this change. In fact, I, I remember the word was given that Metro should only focus or that Metro's authority or primary authority was, was five to, I think three to five mile radius. But as I was praying this morning, the Lord spoke to me and said that he has moved the tent pegs and that we're moving from three to five mile radius to 10 to 12 mile radius and that we are to locate and look at the primary marketplace centers. I believe that God wants to see people from this church. God is seeking people from MCC because of the quality of problem solvers who live in this church and who are part of the church. But in order to understand this, let's look at the life of Daniel. Let's look at his life. In fact, I'm gonna make sure I got my Bible here. How many of you have your Bible this morning? 
I remember the time that I, 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 I would, I remember when I used to think that when they talked about computers, they were talking about the mark of the beast. Oh yeah. And that, and that the beast was in Belgium and, 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 and that uh, all, all kind of stuff, man. I was, I was in it, boy. I knew when Jesus Christ was coming, even, the, you know. Look, I remember coming home one time and, 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 and Jane was not home and I couldn't find her and I was calling people around the church and I couldn't find no one at the church and I had wondered, man, had the rapture come, boy, and I was left behind. <laughs> That's how far that stuff would mess your mind up. <laughs> Thank God I wasn't left behind. <laughs> but the Bible says that the Old Testament was written for, for an example to us. And when we look at the life of Daniel, man, Daniel is an interesting person because Daniel never went to church. Daniel did not have a church building to worship in. He did not have a temple to worship in. Daniel was planted in the marketplace. In fact, Daniel, Daniel did not have, really, he did not have a pastor. Daniel didn't have none of these things. But God planted him in the marketplace. The Bible states in Daniel, the first chapter, the 21st verse, that Daniel served as a major player for four kings. Four kings. I said, what? Oh, man, I got to count right. Okay. <laughs> I'm sorry. Oh, man, that's bad. One, two, three, four, right? <laughs> All right. I'm sorry about that. Now, when we look at the life of Daniel, Daniel is very interesting. The Bible states, first thing about Daniel, because we're looking at the Daniel company. First of all, Daniel was exceptionally bright in the realm of academics. The Bible states that God gave them knowledge and skill in all literature and wisdom. Daniel had understanding in all visions and dreams. When the Bible states that God gave him skill in all literature and wisdom, he was not talking about God giving him skill primarily in the Bible. He was speaking that God gave him wisdom and knowledge in all the science of Babylonian, the Babylonian lifestyle. God gave him wisdom and insight regarding differential equations. If Daniel was alive today, he would have had the download of wisdom with di differential equations, calculus three. He would have been looking at topology. He was look. He he would have wisdom downloaded into him regarding physics and chemistry, biochemistry, organic chemistry, inorganic chemistry, microbiology, all these, all these particular disciplines, the Lord, had Daniel been living now, he would have had the download in this area. And the reason why the Lord puts this in the scripture is because the Lord wants you and I to position ourselves to become experts in the area of our expertise. And then the Bible states, God will bring into favor, God brought Daniel into favor and goodwill in the borders of his assignment in Daniel 1 and 9. The Bible states also in Luke, the second chapter, the 52nd verse, favor is an act of kindness 
beyond what is due. So what is favor? Favor is an act of kindness beyond what is due. Favor is preferential treatment. How many of you want preferential treatment wherever you go? Favor occurs when people go out of their way to bless you. Favor has to do with exceptional kindness bestowed upon you. Daniel moved in exceptional favor. Exceptional favor. So let's look at the second chapter of Daniel. In the second year, second chapter of Daniel, let me make sure I am, here we go. Now in the second year of the reign of Nebuchadnezzar, and all of you, I want to mention this about Nebuchadnezzar. The Bible, now Nebuchadnezzar did not know God. But the Bible says that Nebuchadnezzar was a gift from God. <laughs> and that he was put in place by God. Y'all want, in fact, let me see here. See, y'all think I'm lying. Y'all think I'm lying. Okay, here we go. I'm going to have to go down to the bottom of this. And then Daniel, he says, this was the dream. Now we have, we will tell the interpretation. Now he, Daniel was talking to Nebuchadnezzar. He says, you, O king, um, in the 32nd verse of the second chapter. He says, you, O king, this is what God was giving Daniel as the interpretation of the dream. He says, you, O king, are the king of kings to whom the God of heaven has given the kingdom, the power, the strength, and the glory wherever the sons of men dwells or the beasts of the field or the birds of the sky. He has given them into your hands and has caused you to rule over them all. You, man, are the head of gold. Now I was sitting up here looking at this. Man, Daniel was a pagan. Daniel was worshiping all kind of other stuff. But from God's standpoint, God placed Nebuchadnezzar in office. Bishop, I think, is there a problem with this? Uh, why would God, why, why, why didn't God place, place somebody else? He placed that man in position. In fact, if you keep reading your Bible, he talks about King Cyrus and God, they, the, the prophecy of King Cyrus occurred 400 years before King Cyrus was born and, got the, and the prophecy called King Cyrus by name and King Cyrus was a pagan king also. I'm going to leave that alone, okay. But anyway, let's go back up to the top. I'm sorry. I just, I got sidetracked for a second. I had to say something about that. Now, in the second year of the reign of Nebuchadnezzar, Nebuchadnezzar had dreams and his spirit was troubled and his sleep left him. Then the king gave orders to call in the magicians, the conjurers and the sorcerers and the Chaldeans to tell the king his dreams. So they came in and stood before the king. The king said to them, I had a dream and my spirit is anxious to understand the dream. Then the Chaldeans spoke to the king in Aramaic. O king, live forever. Tell 
the dream to your servants and we will declare the interpretation. The king replied to the Chaldeans, the command from me is firm. If you do not make known to me the dream and its interpretation, you will be torn limb from limb and your houses will be made a rubbish heap. But if you declare the dream and its interpretation, you will receive from me gifts and reward and honor. Therefore, declare to me the dream and its interpretation. And they answered a second time and said, let the king tell the dream to his servants and we will declare the interpretation. The king replied, I know for certain that you are bargaining for time inasmuch as you have seen that the command from me is firm that if you do not make the dream known to me, there is only one decree for you, for you have agreed together to speak lying and corrupt words before me until the situation is changed. Therefore, tell me the dream that I may know that you can declare me its interpretation. The Chaldeans answered the king and said, there is not a man on earth who can declare the matter for the king inasmuch as a great king or ruler has ever asked anything like this of a magician, conjurer, or Chaldeans. Moreover, the thing which the king demanded is what? Difficult. And there is no one else who can, who can declare it to the king except God's, whose dwelling place is not with mortal flesh. And because of this, the king became indignant. The Bible says he became very furious and gave orders to destroy all the wise men of Babylon. So the decree went forth that the wise men should be slain and they began to look for Daniel and for his friends to kill them also. Then Daniel replied with discretion and discernment to Arioch, the captain of the king's bodyguard, who had gone forth to slay the wise men of Babylon. He said to Arioch, the king's commander, for what reason is the decree from the king so urgent? Then Arioch informed Daniel about the matter. So Daniel went in and requested of the king that he would give him time in order that he might declare the interpretation to the king. Then Daniel went to his house and informed his friends, Hananiah, Mishael, Mishael, Azariah, about the matter so they might request compassion from the God of heaven concerning this mystery. So Daniel and his friends will not be destroyed with the rest of the wise men of Babylon. Then the mystery was revealed to Daniel in a night vision. Then Daniel blessed the God of him. Daniel said, let the name of the Lord be blessed forever for power and for wisdom and power belongs to him. It is he who changed the times and the seasons. He removes kings and established kingdoms. He gives wisdom to wise men and knowledge to the men of understanding. It is he who reveals profound and hidden things. He knows what is in the darkness and light dwells with him. To you, God of my fathers, I give thanks and praise. Even now you have made known to me what we've requested of you, for you've made known to us the king's matter. Then Daniel went to Arioch, whom the king had appointed to destroy the wise men, and he went in and spoke to him, do not destroy the wise men of Babylon. Take me into the king's presence that I might declare the interpretation to the king. Then Arioch hurriedly brought Daniel into the king's presence and spoke to him as follows. I have found a man among the exiles from Judah who can make the interpretation known to the king. Then the king said to Daniel, whose name was Belshazzar, are you able to make known to me the dream which I've seen and its interpretation? Daniel answered before the king and said, as for the mystery about which the king has inquired, neither wise men, conjurers, magicians, nor diviners are able to declare to the king. However, there is a God in heaven who reveals mysteries, who has made known to King Nebuchadnezzar what would take place in the latter days. This was your dream and the visions in your mind while on your bed. And as for you, O king, while on your bed, your thoughts turn to what would take place in the future. He who reveals mysteries has made known to you what would take place. But as for me, 
This mystery has not been revealed to me for any wisdom residing in me more than any other living man, but for the purpose of making the interpretation known to the king. And then he started giving the interpretation uh, of the dream. And then he went on and went on and went on. And then look at the four to six verse because he solved the problem. The Bible says, then King Nebuchadnezzar, the king of all kings of the known world, the Bible says he fell on his face and did homage to Daniel and gave orders to present him an offering and fragrant incense. The king answered Daniel and said, surely your God is the God of gods, the Lord of lords, a revealer of mysteries since you've been able to reveal this mystery. Then the Bible says, then the king promoted Daniel and gave him many gifts and made him ruler over the whole province of Babylon, chief perfect over all the wise men of Babylon. And Daniel made the request of the king. He said he appointed Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego over the administration of the province of Babylon while Daniel was at the king's court. Lord, have mercy. It, this is a story. And this is what God wants to do with you and I in the marketplace. He wants to raise up men and women from this house beyond the four walls of this church to shine like Daniel. Now, one of the interesting things that happened to Daniel, you have to understand, Daniel was learned in, in the world's knowledge. I want you to get this. And it's interesting, at the end of the chapter, God gave Daniel so much favor that the king put him over all the wise men of Babylon. That meant that Daniel was put in position to change the entire educational system of the whole Babylonian province because he solved the problem. Everybody is talking about favor but few are walking in it in the body of Christ. Bishop Bolano gave such a great illustration of this. Many people, now this is what bothers me. I don't know if it bothers you sometimes, but many people outside the body of Christ walk in favor because they understand the principles of the kingdom. We understand the principles of salvation and we get eternal life, but because we don't understand the principles of, king, of the kingdom, we don't get promoted beyond the four walls of the church. Say to the person next to you, today it changes. The world understands what we call favor magnets or favor activators. So what are the favor magnets? First of all, you got to ask God for favor. You got to ask him for favor. The throne of grace is the throne of favor, Hebrews 3.15. Next, you got to humble yourself. You can't depend on yourself. You can't be in complete uh, dependence on yourself. You can't hold unforgiveness and bitterness in your heart. The Bible says God resists the proud but gives grace to the humble. And, and see, favor is like a cloud. And some of you have been trying to get favor, but the reason why favor hasn't come to you because God resists the proud. Proud people cannot be taught. Proud people cannot be corrected. Proud people cannot receive advice. Proud people won't humble themselves to receive counsel. Proud people won't ask for help. 
I mean, and so the Bible says, and God resists you. Now, it's one thing for man to resist you, but if God resists you, and then he turns back around and says, and God gives grace to the humble. The next major key for favor is giving. Solomon, how many of you remember King Solomon? King Solomon was a king in the marketplace. King Solomon, man, was promoted, but, but he, 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 king, he, he was bothered in his heart because he didn't feel like he had what it took to, to lead the people. So what, what Solomon did, he went and got the biggest offering he could get. He went and built the biggest offering that was ever made to God. And he put it together elaborately. And after he brought this humongous offering to God, you got to hear this. After he brought this humongous offering to God, God, the heavens opened while he was asleep. And God spoke to Solomon and said, hey, tell me what you want. Anything you want, I give it. I think T.I. wrote that song. And uh, <laughs> but Daniel, the, so Solomon, when he heard from God, the Lord was giving Solomon a blank check. And Solomon told God, he says, Lord, you have placed me before these people. The only thing I need right now, the only thing I want is so that I can come in and before these people and judge these people. Give me a listening heart. Give me an understanding heart. Give me wisdom. And at that moment, the heart of God was moved. And God said, because you did not ask for riches, because you did not ask for the life of your enemies, and, be, and, because, and because you did not ask for long life, he says, I'm going to give you wisdom greater than any person who ever lived or lived after you, and then I'm going to give you the rest of the things. Because you sought first my kingdom, all these other things will be added to you. And in one night, God downloaded the wisdom of the universe into that man in a dream. In a dream, in a dream, in a dream, so that he could rule in the marketplace. Giving was the, one of the activators for, for Solomon. The next one, favor activator, is go to the end. Say go to the end. Go say tell the, tell your neighbor go to the end. In fact, the end is a portrait of diligence. The Bible says, "Do you see a man who excels in his work? He will rise and be promoted. He won't be held back. He will stand before kings and become the and, and among the most influential leaders in their sphere of influence. What is diligence? 
Diligence means to zealously seek for something with all of your heart, with all of your strength, with all of your mind. It reflects the person working hard with painstaking attentiveness to details while monitoring the outcome. It, it, diligence means undivided, constant commitment. Diligence means persistence. Lord have mercy and what distinguished Daniel above everyone was that Daniel was a man of diligence and his diligence was seen in three particular areas he literally had what we would call three dimensional diligence number one spiritually how many of you want to be like Daniel how many of you want to I'm talking about beyond the four walls of the church. It's one thing to pray in the church. How many of you want to do this beyond the four walls of the church? How many, how many of you want that type of influence for the kingdom of God, for the sake of the kingdom? How many of you want the Lord to use you in the marketplace? You need to begin to say, some of you have been complaining about your jobs, but you need to turn around and begin to be like Esther and understand for such a time as this has the Lord placed me in the marketplace. Such a time as this, the Lord has placed me in the marketplace. Such a time as this that God has placed me in the marketplace. Daniel walked in three-dimensional diligence. First of all, it was diligence in spiritual things. It's hard to believe that a man in the marketplace, the Bible says he prayed three times a day. He developed, see, see, one of the things, Daniel developed a hearing ear. See, it's not just people, it's, believe it or not, it's not prophets. It's never meant for only prophets to be able to hear God. Each and every one of us in the kingdom. And the thing about it right now, the Lord has been looking for some men and women from our church that he can download some specific wisdom into you. He wants to speak to you and I in dreams. And so you have to develop a hearing ear. That's a whole, whole different thing. And then the next thing, Daniel was a man of fasting. Daniel was an expert at hearing the voice of God. He was diligent to hear the voice of God. Just recently, I, was, I, I, I sent this to Bishop Johnson. Just recently, a major development has taken place in South Africa where a man has literally invented um, a, a vehicle that does not require fuel to run. And oh, and, it's, 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 and he has other products. And, and he said the Lord gave them to him in dreams. Oh man. And that he has been prohibited and been blocked from disclosing what he has because what he has will change the whole economic scene of the world. Oh man, y'all ain't hearing this man. <laughs> and then Daniel, Daniel had diligence in the soul realm. The soul realm meant that he was diligent in leadership, diligent in education, diligent in thinking, diligent in planning, strategizing. The Bible says the plans of the diligent tends to plenteousness. The plans of the diligent tends to plenteousness. Proverbs 21.5. And then the next one, Daniel had 
three-dimensional diligence. First of all, spiritually. Second of all, soul. And then his body. And I know many of us don't think a lot about this. But when it comes to moving in divine favor, appearance does make a difference. Daniel, I mean, it, they, um, uh, before Joseph was able to come before the king, they said, we got to clean you up. We got to change your appearance. And, be, and before, and, and then when, Saul, when Samuel went to find the King David as a child, the Lord spoke, he said to him, man looks at the appearance, but God looks at the heart. But you have to understand, man looks at the appearance. So when you go looking for a job, man is looking at appearance. Man is looking at appearance. Man is looking at how you dress. Man is looking at how your teeth. Man is looking at how your hair's combed. Man is looking at how your shoes shine. Man is looking at how you talk. Man is looking at how you walk. Man is looking at you. And you'd be surprised how many people don't get jobs because I, I never forget, we had a brother at the church, I won't call his name, we had a brother at the church, he was trying to look for work, look for work, and he took pride in his braids. He took pride in his braids. And he came to me and he said, Elder Crawford, man, why I can't get a job? I, I just don't understand why I can't get a job. And so I mentioned to him, I said, go ahead, you need to cut your hair. I ain't cutting my hair, I ain't cutting my hair. And so he went another month and he still couldn't find a job. And then he finally broke down, cut the braids out of his hair because he wanted money more than he wanted wanted his rebellion and 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 what happened within the same week that he cut his hair and went looking for a job he got a job got a great job because he changed his appearance nobody want to hear what i'm saying nobody want to hear what i'm saying Nobody want to hear. Appearance makes a difference. How you smell makes a difference. <laughs> I will say something else, but I'm not going to say it. Okay. So what did Daniel do? Daniel solved the problem for the king. And each and every one of us have been gifted to solve problems. The problems you solve provide, will provide provision for your life. Your gifts and talents are clues to the type of problems you are called to solve. The Bible states in Proverbs 12, 29, the hands of the diligent shall bear rule. The hands, say the hands of the diligent shall be promoted. The hands of the diligent shall be promoted to top 10 positions. The hands of the diligent shall be promoted to top tier positions. This is a season of promotion. I'm in this season of promotion. And I will become the hands of the diligent. If you believe that, give the Lord praise. So some of you say, Elder Crawford, I just, I, I've been having all the problems and I, I just don't know what, what, what I'm supposed to do. I don't know what I'm called to do. I don't know what I'm supposed to be in the marketplace. And, and, and these are just a couple of clues. How can you determine the problems you're called to solve? What, the way you can determine. What situations people's needs tug at your heart? What are you motivated to learn? 
What problems in the world would you want to give your life to solve? What kind of needs do you want to meet? What kind of needs do you want to meet? Where has, has the most and best fruit of your life been in? When do others say, this is really you? What do others affirm about you? What comes naturally to you? What jobs and projects do you often lose track of time when you are doing that particular job? What's in your library? What do you tend to collect information, research on? What do you tend to go through the internet looking for information about? What do you seem to know more about than most ordinary people know about? What have you wanted to do with your life since you were a kid? What have you dreamed about doing since you were a kid? What do you have a sense of destiny about inside of you? What have you, what, uh, when have you said this? This is what I was born to do. When have you felt this way? This is what I was born to do. When was the last time you said, I'm in my sweet spot? When was the last time you said, I know this is right. This is my purpose. This is what I'm called to do. What are, your, what are the significant things God has said to you about your destiny? What task energizes you when you do it? You do this particular task and you walk away, feel, you feel empowered, you feel energized after you do it. Some people, man, will sit there and, and you counsel a person, man, and you walk away two hours after counseling, man, you're energized, man. You, you're ready to tackle the world. And other people, man, it drives, it, it drives, it literally drains them of all the energy because whatever your purpose is, you are energized about doing. And the interesting thing about it is that it's God's responsibility to give us our gifts and talents, but it's our responsibility to discover what he has given. It's our responsibility, once we have discovered what he's given us, it's our responsibility to maximize the gifts and talents that he's given us. So Elder Prophet, where does this leave us? The scripture says, after Daniel solved the problem in the marketplace, the king felt down on his knees in front of Daniel. And then the king gave him riches and promoted him. As I close today, as I was praying about this message this morning, I was asking the Lord what specifically he had for men and women in this church. And one of the things the Lord began to speak to me about, he said that there would be an unparalleled demonstration of the arts, intelligence, among the youth and the young of this church. He said, even as the king examined the youth that came before him, and among them was Daniel, he says, examine what I have given you. For among the young in this church, among the youth in this church, even among the very, very young, are young Daniels, are young Josephs, are young Davids, are young men and women of God that I've entrusted you with. And as you begin to cultivate what I placed inside of them, I will cause a magnetism from this community and surrounding areas to flood this house 
because I have called this house to be a cradle of creativity and innovation. I am raising up from your midst men and women of great renown from the furnace of affliction to provide a path for the deployment of music and arts that will be distributed around the world. I am going to revive what I gave you from the beginning. The Lord spoke to me and said, even as Daniel began to examine the word of God and learn that Israel was supposed to be released from Babylonian captivity in 70 years, the Lord says, re-examine what I spoke to you about the arts. Re-examine what I spoke to you about the arts and music and know this, that I am stirring the pot once again. Know this, that I'm causing the anointing to rise to the top again in this arena. For I'm going to cause music to be birthed out of the song of the, out of the word of the Lord that comes from the servant of this house. And even as those who write begin to put into song the primary word that I'm speaking in this house. You're going to begin to sing solutions and because of the manner of your worship and because of the manner of your singing, people will find themselves bursting through every religious constraint that prevents the vision from coming forth. For it is impossible for a person to continually sing something and not live it. So I'm going to cause you to begin to sing about the harvest. I'm going to begin to cause you to begin to sing about solutions. I'm going to begin to cause you to sing about the destiny I have for you. I'm going to cause you to begin to sing and dance about seasons of generosity. I'm going to cause you to begin to sing about the outcome that I have for this house. I'm going to cause you to put into song, into music and all various genre music where you will articulate what I'm saying to the city of Atlanta and you will find many men entering into the city. I'm going to provide clarity through the song of the Lord and even through the printed word of God. I'm going to cause itself the Lord. And then the Lord began to say to me that I'm going to provide a path for the deployment of those who have witty inventions. For I have deeply embedded in some of the hearts of this people. And I have hidden it up to this time so that the vultures, so that the manipulators would not pluck up what I placed inside of you. But I placed men and women in the furnace of affliction that I might remove the dross. And these particular men and women will have alliances with power brokers from around the world who will finance that which is a witty invention and bring it from ideal to full manifestation. I'm gonna do it in this house, saith the Lord. I'm gonna do it among this people, saith the Lord. I am bringing men and women of that renown who are like Solomon in the business arena in this house. And then I heard the Lord begin to say, I'm going to do something different because I'm going to cause the winds of revival to blow in the marketplace. I'm going to cause the winds of revival to blow in the marketplace. 
And even as you convene in small groups, even at the dinner table and lunch table, as you begin to spend time with others regarding the principles of my kingdom, you're going to find that the winds of revival are going to begin to blow in the workplace. For there shall be an avalanche of answered prayer when you pray with unbelievers, when you pray with unbelievers, when you pray for those who are distraught, when you pray for the brokenhearted, when you pray for those who have no answers, when you pray for those who are disappointed. Know this, I'm stirring the pot in their life so that you can be a path to the answer. And as you begin to pray for them and as you minister to them and as they see the prayer answered, they're going to begin to see that God is real and they will come into my kingdom because you have met the felt need that I've placed inside of them. I'm going to do this all over Atlanta, saith the Lord, not just in this house, but other churches. The winds of heaven are going to begin to blow in the marketplace, inside of hospitals, inside of schools, inside of colleges, inside of universities, inside of many cafeterias, inside of many restaurants. Men and women are going to be meeting in restaurants. They're going to be meeting around tables and they're going to break the principles of the kingdom open and they're going to see the glory of God appear in the workplace and it will be noised abroad what I'm doing in the marketplace for I've chosen a people like you to do it through saith the Lord hallelujah come on give the Lord praise amen And then, I, and then the thing that, that, that keeps staying before me are the eight veins of community development that God placed in the heart of Bishop Johnson. I remember as he began to speak about those eight tentacles of community development that would reach down into, and, and lock hold to the very foundations of, of this, uh, this area. As Bishop Johnson was speaking, it was like light was coming on. And that those eight areas actually identified the felt needs of this community and of this area. And I believe the wind of God is going to blow upon those particular eight areas. And they will become like dinner bells, dinner bells for the lost to come into the house of God. And they will, not, they will come for one reason and leave knowing me and leave being set up to become disciples of the Lord Jesus Christ. This is the season, saith the Lord, that I am stepping on your boat and the fish are going to come in, saith the Lord. This is a year of growth for this house, saith the Lord, for I have determined it to be for I will remove from your memory bank all the things of the past, for they were things that I used to perfect you for such a time as this. For now the time has come for you to thrust in the sickle and reap the harvest around you. For they will come from the community, they will come from the colleges, high schools, universities, and they will also mostly come from 
out of the marketplace, saith the Lord. If you believe that, give the Lord praise. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on. If you believe that, give the Lord praise. Hallelujah.